I feel like we're getting ready to bury Si. <laughs> nah, no, Si's going to get this sur surgery, and he's going to feel 20 years younger. Hey, yesterday I wore this thing for an hour and didn't even, didn't even re realize it. What's that, your oxygen? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But yeah, the doctor said it was okay. Well, no, no, I just come in and sit down and put it on for a minute to get me a hit. And then I looked up, and the podcast was over, and I said, good beef, I wore this thing the whole time. You going to wear it today, or are you no, taking it off? I'm going to turn this mask on oh. I ain't gonna turn well, I was beginning to wonder because when you look across the deal and see a man with oxygen tube, flowers, right. well, and, I, I mean, out. I feel like we're getting ready to put That's you right. in a box. Only, hey, he's on his way out. Hey, pulled, them ain't grave hey, flowers. Flowers they can put on my grave. Si, those aren't grave flowers. Hey, <laughs> oh, those are different. Put them on the grave, grave flowers. <laughs> those are different. <laughs> hey, I bought my mama like probably $40 worth of grave flowers. And then got in trouble for and, it. Well, and then uh, the Cajun down there said, well, I said, you do know them gray flowers. I said, no, I just thought they were real pretty. That's why I bought them to mama. And I said, flowers hey, are flowers. She can't, she can't see them if she's dead. Well, said, why not give them to her when she's alive where she can smell them and say, boy, them are pretty. I can agree with that. Yeah. Si, you want to introduce the man beside you? Yeah, I sure can. We got a guest today, guys. Special guest. I'm fired up, boys. Uh -oh. <laughs> if you didn't notice, it's Mr. Murray. Okay. He is the guru in our. New treasure hunting family show that we have streaming on Fox Nation or Fox News or whatever it is. Fox Nation? <laughs> Fox Nation. Yeah, okay, I get it right. Look, you got it. You got it. Here's anyway, what... hey, welcome, Murray. What's that, Murray? That's a present for you. Oh, well, what is it, sir? Well, you remember when we went to Kansas? Oh, that's we... fixed to be my piece of the yeah. meter, right? You, you've, you've been left out. Well, yeah, and... my nephew left me out flat. He no. just left me out in the cold. I was wet and cold. No. And Jason just just didn't care. No, he had nothing to <laughs> do with it. Feelings mutual hey, between y'all. That's it, hey. He got the old rusty piece. The, you got the top oh, this shelf. Is, oh, yeah, this, this is, has been nice. This is the cat's meow. Oh, wow. Look, look up. Look up. Good. Hold, yes. You hold it. Just, no, don't, no. just don't drop it. Little wow. Shelf. But that's a slice of a palisite meteorite showing all the olivine crystals uh, that's in well, it. Well, I can see where it worth be worth money. Because, hey, that's pretty. Well, no yeah. matter how much, how you turn it. Yeah. You ought to make it into a necklace. <laughs> no, no. I wish I had enough of one that I could make me twin pistols with it. <laughs> well. So, I'm serious. My daughter That thing's gorgeous. My daughter's sitting over there frowning because she wanted that piece for... She wanted to well, make a necklace out of it. Do you want to give it back to your daughter? No, no. The man's. Well, hey, I'll be game. I ain't. You know, I ain't. I'm easy to go on. My guy is cutting. He's, he's cutting he, her a piece. He's okay. on it. So. Well, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Oh, speaking of beauty, look at this. Oh Lord. Them are yellow roses. Look and guess what was on PBS last night. The title of the episode was "The Green Planet." Huh. And look. That's what it was about. But our planet's blue. Well, <laughs> yeah, hey, there's they, a green they, one now. Yeah, but they, what they had on last night was called the green planet, and it was about flowers, and it was, look, it was about flowers that grow under the water, okay, but they don't, they don't bloom out underwater. They grow, and then they, it's like a snake. They stick their head above the water, bloom out, 
the bird and the bees and all the insects come and do their little thing, okay? But it was, people don't realize how delicate and how just truly amazing a flower is. Yeah. Hey, this is where we get all our fruit, all our vegetables, all the stuff that we, that we eat. And look, God has created so much vegetation. That's what the show was about last night. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, okay? The Venus flytrap, it was a flower. You know, but it's a it's a flower that imprisons, you know, bad, bad uh, insects. Simon watching it. Oh, no, no. Uh -huh. hey, it was amazing to watch it. Okay. So, Murray, let me tell you something that you might not know about the podcast. So, Cy comes up with a bunch of crazy stuff, and then we fact check him, and most of the time he's right. You know, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd say 90, 99% of the time. That's exactly right. You mean more than 50%? He's, yes, maybe. He's got a scary memory yeah. when it comes hey, to watching really, features hey, on really BBC. He really does. Well, hey, here's the deal. Philip is the one that said it. And so I'm, he said, hey, if things, if something is known. What is known. Is manageable. Is manageable. Well. We asked. Oh, he's not going to believe this. No, no we no. covered this yesterday. Yeah, or we asked. Last I episode, covered this not yesterday, yesterday, but and they called me. Hey, Martin was saying, "Oh, come on now, come on, Did come on." Did you Google it? No, I didn't. No, <laughs> because no, I don't want to be proven wrong, and I don't. I don't need to prove him right again. So I'm going to tell Murray just uh. just because he don't know. So so we were talking about what is known as manageable. We were helping somebody with a situation, you know, who had written ask for ask for advice. Advice, yeah. And then I said, I don't remember where I learned that, some of my schooling or training or something. I don't remember. So I typed in Google, who said what is known as manageable? And then it said, Sirenity, Uncle Si, and it showed the page number and where it was. <laughs> Uncle Si said what is known as manageable. No, no, I told him that. He I still don't he believe He said, it. come on, come on. You just, you got to be. I said, hey, look, I'll tell you, Philip said it, and when I asked him, Philip, where did you get that words of wisdom? Well, then he started thinking. He said, I think I got it out of one of my professors in college when I was at, uh, you know. You know. No. And then he said, no. He said, I finally Googled it. And he said, guess where it came from? And I said, what? And when he said, he pointed at me. And I was oh, get out of here. Does I have a ghostwriter on that book? <laughs> no. I'm going to give him the credit. Whoever oh, no. size ghostwriter was oh, no. on Cy Ridge. Yeah, but hey, he spent, the ghostwriter spent seven days with me. And here's what Stone said about when he had to be the voice. Oh, the, the first book. He's yeah, talking for about the, the first audio. Book, yeah, for the audio. Yeah. He said he ain't got over it to this day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because Stone can sound a lot like Cy, especially on when he was reading all Cause, that. Because that would be he'd be saying something and they'd say, they'd say, uh, uh you got to do it again. You, you, that ain't the way he'd say it. In case y'all are curious out there, there are five episodes of the Green Planet. And hey, if you get a chance to watch them, do it. It is fascinating. And this is by no means an ad. I was just curious on what the Green Planet was. No, no, no. <laughs> I hey, had to look it up. Look, it was awesome. They had one thing, okay? They're five hours long. Well, no, no. This was an hour last night. He's got time to watch it. 292 minutes. Look. Well, I mean, I know his day's pretty jammed. Yo, but. you fish a lot, <laughs> so you know about uh, floating lily pads. Uh-huh. Hey, they got one. I don't remember where it was. It didn't say. I don't think. You must have watched episode two, Water Worlds. Well, that maybe that was it. <laughs> but anyway, look, hey, this thing comes out. It comes up just like a little snakehead. And then it starts unfolding. 
I mean, just think like is the size of, size of this air arrowhead when it starts. Mm -hmm. Well, as soon as it does this and lays out flat, then this baby is like a pancake that somebody won't quit pouring the batter. It just fifty foot, y'all. Hey, a bald eagle could light and walk on this sucker, or big, or a big uh, nutrat, or a big beaver, either one. Oh my goodness! You know, and then it turns into a beautiful flower and attracts the birds and the bees and all the good stuff. Well, look, hey, let's take our first break. When we get back, you can tell everybody about the birds and That's the right. bees. And look, when we get back, I've got a question for Murray. We're back. Murray, actually welcome, because I know Cy just we got on his Green Planet flower ramble. He does this about once a month, so it's fine. Hey, boy, hey. But um, I think it is super cool. Forget the treasure hunting. Do y'all know which what is, else which, Murray which is? is awesome. Which is awesome. Oh, yeah. But do y'all know what else Murray is responsible for? Uh, I know several things. This is this is a big deal if you're yeah, duck sure. commander. Yeah, that's right. This is a big deal. Oh, I had forgot about that. <laughs> You did what? I had forgot. Well, hey, just every time I, I get with him, I learn something about it that flabbergasts me. This man single-handedly changed duck hunting. Yeah. Forever. That's true. That's not. I mean, you had a business partner, but but it come from you. What did you do, Murray? I want, everybody, I want you to tell everybody what you did. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to blame you for some things, so just get yeah. ready for that. Yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> that goes fine. with the territory. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Yeah, that hey, goes hey. with every pioneer. Hey, hey so. that's it. Hey. <laughs> so you're saying whether you like killing ducks or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh somebody's going to give me the – there's, there's plenty of naysayers out there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's plenty of people that hate your invention. I did, boys. Hey. Well, the people that hated it the most was the ones that didn't have one. <laughs> In the beginning, because these these guys they would leave their shotguns in the back of their truck and take their mojo in. I guess I can say. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, inside and sleep with it at night. <laughs> garden, garden that baby. Make sure it doesn't happen to you it. You could buy another shotgun, but you couldn't get a mojo back uh, then. So yeah. it was it was in short supply. And you know, there's a lot of things that came together. A lot of people in the background that you never know about that contributed to all that a lot of the guys were church members that helped produce the first run of them you know mm -hmm. dane and his family i could name a whole bunch of them johnson chad and them yeah. they helped build them so i mean the idea i didn't invent the idea but i did put it in a package that was was functional and would work and was economical to build and you was, moved on it is what you it, did. It was a timing yeah. thing, just like yeah. everything. It was the right thing at the right time. And it just happened over a few days. I mean, it just happened. Just It was a God thing. Well, I know one yeah. thing. The first year we used them. Whack and stack. Them suckers would be up there and look like mosquitoes. Yeah, they almost put duck call makers out of business. Yeah, and, and they'd look down and they'd be like in planes in the, in the uh, World War II that they see when they're doing them. Here they come. So in case, for those of you that haven't picked up on what we're talking about, Murray started the Mojo Mallard, the, the Mojo company that is now Mojo Outdoors that does a lot of things that we're still business partners with, with Terry and uh, Chuck and all the crew over there. Murray, Murray 
Is What's the idea, man? Yeah, they they got it all or, together. So yeah. you, what? Love him, hate him, indifferent. I know spinning wings have a lot of controversy in the duck hunting world these days, but it does make duck hunting easier for folks that that don't necessarily know a whole lot about it. Especially if you're starting out, they are. This day and age, they used to be like a fail safe. You could put out a spinning wing decoy and turn, sit back, turn your hat around, hold on. Here they come. Now they're just a tool to be used on the right days, right conditions, and all and of that. And now you got to be real selective how you use them. Yeah. Okay, because, hey, the wildlife have got wise to it. But when Murray was talking about making them in a garage and people at church putting them together, buddy, just if you had a puddle of water and you could turn that thing on, if a duck flew within two miles of being able to see that rascal, he was coming. He, he that, was coming. That may be why... Uh, I accidentally shot one down at Fields and never got invited back. Oh, that happens all the time. Well, okay. Well, that wasn't it then. I never no, did. That, hey, wasn't, so that wasn't I it. I never did do it, but I always got the blame for it. Well, you oh, you shot, the, you, you shot the mojo? The blame. <laughs> you shot the mojo? I, I, I said it could have been oh. when I shot the mojo. But oh, well. I got a question for Murray. I've known Murray for years and years. Um, Murray, have you always been an inventor? Um, what I mean, since you were young or what? Just interested in it? Yeah, I I don't know if you'd call me an inventor or not, but I know, saw the big Sheila on the on the Fox Nation. Yeah, show. I've done some things, but yeah, I mean, I tried to build a rocket. About you, you don't remember when Sputnik <laughs> came along, do you? The first satellite that the Russians <laughs> did. Put you know, up? did the man just say he tried to build a rocket? Oh, I did <laughs> build a rocket. <laughs> he did build a rocket. Wait, that's just normal. <laughs> well, the principal, you understand. the principal didn't think so when it blew up on the launching pad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, separate these right now, guys. Oh, no. That them apart. like one of my days in school. <laughs> I was always getting sense of the principal offers for one thing or another. Now, Murray, I found out, was the principal offer about, hey, Rocket didn't do good on the launching pad, boys. Sucker blew up. <laughs> <laughs> I love inventors, man, because they got good stories. Well, no, oh, no, redneck, huh? Redneck, hey, leave it to a redneck to come up with. If if you hadn't got one, and somebody says, you know, man, that would be good to have that duct tape. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, uh -oh. don't knock duct tape. Hey, we use that stuff on uh, choppers in in Nam. When the blades were getting worn, duct tape that baby. What'd you use WD forty for? Well, then? no, hey, everything hey, else. Hey, break, break, <laughs> hey, if something, hey, if something froze up, fill it full of WD forty. Oh, give it, a, give it a while. So God. let me take it, baby, loose. Let me. No, tell I, you. I, I, what are you talking about? Go ahead. This man built a rocket. I, was, I know. I mean, how did we? I, how did I hijack that? Like, hold right. on. This man built a rocket that blew up on well, the launch pad. Right, rocket it. builder, right. rocket man. And that's a great, what was that, that, that show, October Sky, was like one of my favorite movies because it was about them boys building them rockets up in West Virginia, the schoolhouse. That, that was, must have been based off Murray's life. <laughs> yeah. He's up there building rockets in high school. I like so it. So I don't know if you know this either, Martin, but in the newspaper was a picture of Murray flying in the air in his contraption that he built. What happened? Now, you, oh, now he's going to make a plane. Well, <laughs> He's so humble about it. I mean, yeah, we I flew across the the earth three times, but I mean, Murray, I'm telling yeah. you right now, if you're gonna tell your story around these two clowns, you're gonna have to speak up. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna get size version of your story. So. Yeah, that's secondhand. Size secondhand. 
Okay. And in about three years, he'll steal it for his own. And he's already <laughs> stolen all of his wife's stories <laughs> and changed them. Go ahead, Murray. I'm and, sorry. Tell well, us about the plane. And well, Jerry Clowers. I didn't. In- <laughs> <laughs> Look at <laughs> Shoot up here, monkeys, boys. One of them needs some relief. Here we go. <laughs> I, I just assembled this plane. It was made in California and shipped to me in a box, and I just put it together. And it was an ultralight airplane, and I gotcha. flew it till I wore the engine out. Man, you're talking about being like having a guardian angel. I definitely have one. How high did you go, and how fast would it go? Well, I used to fly around like get probably 10,000 feet and then turn the motor off and just sail around and it'll stay up there for 15 minutes and just did you have a parachute in case something went wrong no no what well, was well, there he said no nah. i saw him he didn't have no parachute <laughs> boys no murray said all i had was a resurrection son <laughs> hey, i was right. going with that hey oh man oh. well but one one time i'd get down low and i'd if you had a pull rope, you know, and you pull the cord, you know, and it. I don't know. It didn't crank. Uh oh. <laughs> that was all of it. Well, I did a dead stick landing out in the field, but you know, it wasn't no a big deal. But it was my first <laughs> and only time, and I never want to do it again. If no big deal, dead stick landing. Yeah, okay. I wonder why they call it dead stick. <laughs> okay. They don't call it live stick. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, that's because boy. I bet that's because in the drawings of how to do it, they used a stick man. So when they was teaching what you how to do it, a, a dead. dead stick. There you go, right there. But anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back right oh, after. Goodness. These boys are wearing me out. Ninety oh. percent of all treadmills are just used as like an extension of your closet. I mean, it's all. Every everyone I see got clothes hanging off of it. Those hangers. It's a clothes hanger. That's all yeah. they are. Oh yeah. But you know what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to keep these two guys apart, away from the show. We are. Uh, but no, this. Well, I mean, it's almost kind of like looking in a weird mirror over there. Like it's it's bizarre. Look at it. Hey, I you didn't get, know it. I'm sitting beside Cool Hand Luke here. Uh, well, yeah, you hey. got that right. Y'all gonna Dead do bucket list stuff. Oh my goodness. Man, that bad boy. Engine cut out. So while we was talking on break. Uh, Murray informed us that his first prototype spinning wing decoy was made from a treadmill motor. <laughs> he took his wife's treadmill motor. Wait a minute. Was your wife walking on it when you took it? This is like, this is one of those 95% deals. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He done learned it from Cy. <laughs> it was, in fact, a treadmill motor, but I didn't steal <laughs> Sheila's treadmill. He stole motor. your neighbor's? <laughs> <laughs> Love your neighbor. As well. One of my neighbors actually loaned it to me because uh, he had made a small metal lathe. He builds knives, and he had built a, this motor. It's a variable speed motor, like treadmill. You can vary the speed. Well, that it was the, one of those motors, and he had built uh, the lathe out of it. And so he loaned me a spare that he had, and that's how the first spinning wing duck decoy came into being. Incredible. Can you imagine living in Murray's neighborhood here in the middle of the night? Can I help you with something? Hey, you ain't got a battery, do you? Yeah. I got one in my treadmill. Y'all going to be using that? I need yeah. to build something. I need a battery and a decoy. That's right. And, like, and some ball, a ball-peen hammer. And you're like, for what? I, well, I'm about to make something, boys. I'm tell, It is. What's cool about the Mojo is like you look at it and 
most people can't imagine life without it now. I mean, you, we're at that generation. It's been it's oh, been yeah. in there so long. So it's like, but you look at it and you're like, man, this thing's really simple. Why did it take so long to design it? Oh, but yeah. then you're like, you look, then you open the hatch on him and you're like, oh, wait, this pretty smart cat come up with this thing. So that, I didn't know Murray been, Murray been buying airplanes and boxes, having them shipped here, putting them together, making crash landings in cotton fields. He's building rockets and blowing them up on the launch pad. I, I just, Murray, are these like even in your top 10? I mean, where, where are we at on your list of things you've done? <laughs> uh, probably the worst thing I ever got into was when I got teamed up with this gentleman. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And uh, that happens. And one thing about Cy, he is the catalyst for whatever he does. Boy, ain't he? He launches. He, he, I, I give him the credit for launching Duck Family Treasure because without him, we wouldn't have any energy. We'd low energy anyway, but we wouldn't have. But when Cy comes on the set, boy, things start to happen. And I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but that's the way it is. Yeah, uh, he's like that magnesium he was throwing in that pipe. <laughs> Oh no! He's just like it. No, that he's like act- that rocket. That was actually fun. <clears throat> or some carbide he'd put in there or something, make it boom. What was fun? Uh, the using magnesium and throwing it down a pipe that had water in the bottom of it. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, one of us would have a handful of gravel. The other one would drop the magnesium, throw the gravel in, and then try to kill a bird flying over the field. Good grief! Look and survived. Yeah, and I think it was a two-inch pipe, galvanized pipe. So we're shooting about a forty bore. Yeah, that's no, that's, that's about an eight gauge there, two inch pipe. That's a but, big and so. But hey, hey, we was getting after it. Unbelievable, unreal. Well, Murray, what's the now? We'll get back on the treasure stuff because I know that that's a cool thing going right now. What what's the most interesting find you you've stumbled across in your in your career of treasure hunting? If we will. Yeah, probably. I mean, I found a lot of neat things, and some things you would just laugh at me if I told you some of the things. Probably the, the probably the the biggest find I've ever made was a meteorite, and it was like a 70-pounder, and it was like seven or eight feet deep. So Really? It, wow. Monetarily, it was the biggest single thing I found. But my, yeah. my favorite thing is a little bitty bell like, like they used on a— uh, carriage or something just a, it was like a 1700s mid 1700s wow. little bell it's just a little brass yeah. bell just love it i don't know why i love it so much it's just so neat yeah. i just think about who lost it it was at a, it was up in mississippi at a at a crossing of the mississippi river that people used to use going when they were going west it was and somebody was going had left the east somewhere and was headed to california who knows what going gold prospecting or something and they lost it up there so yeah that's pretty 1700s yeah 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 that's right there with the duck band like to me the band on a duck isn't near as special as the story like of what or because then that's first thing i do is go back through my mind and like what all has this rascal seen once you see you know especially if it's an older one like you know 10 11 year old been on there you're like Man, you won't talk about slick. No, he, no. He made it a while, son. No, no. What yeah. got me, we killed, me and Phil killed a wood duck. I don't remember who killed him. I think I claimed it. Oh, shocker. And, <laughs> and look, we sent it in, and they sent us the information. They had banded that wood duck the evening before in Seattle, Washington. And we killed him the following afternoon in Louisiana. 95%. Look at Murray. <laughs> no, no. No, no. That, that's like, what, 4,000 miles, something like that? Unreal. That sucker caught a tailwind uh, if oh, he made what it did that he far ever, overnight. Did he ever? Because, hey, 
You know, and what you're funny is funny about that because when it started, you know, there was a big northern coming, and me and Phil looked, and you know, God, let's go go to uh, the old river in Gillum, Louisiana. So we jumped in the Falcon, raced up there, didn't have but about an hour. <clears throat> got there and got in a little inlet of on the lake, and here come we thought there was blackjacks because they was decoy. You know, so we pow, 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 you know. One of them finally floated up against the boat, and I picked it up and said, hey, now these are giant wood ducks. Because <laughs> you know, they was huge. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Welcome so, to our world, man. No, no. So one of them had a band. We sent it in, and like, hey, found out they had banded that joker in the afternoon, turned him loose the afternoon before, and we killed him that next afternoon in Louisiana. 24-hour trip. Hey. That's pretty incredible. Hey, I don't know. He, he was, you know. There you go. It was it was amazing, Philip. We are surrounded by two fantastic stories. Yeah, I mean, what are we gonna and do? I, and I love it. I, I tell you, I well, do too. what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna take our next break, and we'll be back right after this. Moving right along, boy. Well, you found one meteorite that was seventy pounds. Seventy pounds, yeah. Around here? No, up there, in Kansas. Oh, in Kansas? Yeah, about seventy pound piece of rock. No telling what it was when it entered oh, the no. atmosphere, but See, 70 the by the time you've... What are them things made of, for the most part? Like Iron and nickel mixed together. Yeah. And these palisites have uh, peridot in them, which is the August birthstone. It's a semi-precious stone. Man, that's my birthstone yeah. then. <laughs> it's the August It's the August birthstone. Yeah, that's me. Oh, there you yeah. go. August 26th. So you're a Peridot guy. Yeah, look at me. I didn't even know it. I'm a Peridot <laughs> and didn't know well, it. Peridot and didn't know it. Peridot didn't know it. But that's, so that's what they're made out of. That that's Well, there's three three major classifications of meteorites. You got stone, which is made out of rock. Just rock. Okay. And then you have iron, which is solid iron. And then you have the palisites which are both mixed. They call them stony irons. It's a mixture, about a 50-50 mixture of peridot and the iron nickel. I got you. That's pretty cool. 70 pounds, 70 pounds, 7 to 8 feet up under the ground, and you, you found it. That's neat. And I dug it up with a shovel. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Took two days to dig it up. Two days. Good grief. And we lowered this little, me and the farmer lowered this little, little uh, scientist that owns a museum close by we lowered him down in it head first and he <laughs> chipped he chipped off a piece of it and then we pulled him back up out of there if we'd have left we'd have dropped him he'd be there today <laughs> and he took it back to his his uh museum and he tested it for nickel that's how you tell if it's really a meteorite or not it earth doesn't have that high percentage of nickel you know, in iron. So he went and tested it and he said, yeah, go ahead and dig it up because it's 100%. It's a meteorite. Oh, that's cool. All that stuff mm. falling from up there, man. That's, that's pretty wild. I just know that when they brought that one back they found in Kansas that weighed 20, 24.1 pounds, when I held it, it was crazy. My hand started tingling. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, serious. No. Jace, I went on for like 15 minutes. Hey, 100%. I, 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 felt the same thing the first one I ever touched. No, no, I'm serious. I was looking and I'm saying, what in the world? Is something wrong with me? Is this thing got yes. some kind of disease or something? Yeah. I said, because I'm tingling and it's running up my arms. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> What's that from? Hey, mm -hmm. I, that's just the way it affected me. And I said, because Murray had said, hey, 
do you know, you understand you're holding a piece of space rock. You know, and I'm kind of going. And then it starts tangling and it's going up in my arms and I'm going, whoa. Is this thing giving me some kind of disease or something? So Special powers. You was basically having first date jitters. No, no, I'm serious. It affected me, and I said, I can't believe this stupid thing. It's just a piece of rock. No. But it came from space. That's why. Yeah. Because there's You want to talk about some miles traveled. Oh, yeah. Because there ain't no way to know where he come from. Mm-mm. Huh. I don't guess. And look, there's thousands of them up there floating around right now. So, they have meteorite showers. Murray, how many of how many of like, when we see a meteor shower? Because I mean, from time to time, you can go out and watch those. Yeah. Do a lot of them make it to the planet? No, those aren't actually. Those are pieces of a of a comet. The showers are formed when a comet comes by the path that the Earth is going to be later on, and when the Earth crosses that path of that that comet, when it comes this close to the sun, it's losing grains of sand and dust. A comet's mostly just dust and small gravel and and uh water hmm. and as it when it evaporates those little things you see that's just pieces of of a probably a grain of sand or maybe a pea-sized particle that's coming f- from the comet so it's not really hmm. it'll never reach the ground because a a, a meteorite loses 90 percent of its mass just on the re-entry process so if you got a 10 pounder you would start it out yeah. as a Honda. Yeah, Hondo. Yeah. So that seventy-pound one. Yeah, was, seven, he was showing up big when he started eight coming hundos. in. I bet the boys that were out there on that prairie and saw that thing come through there said, "Get out the way, boys. We got one." <laughs> yeah. But right. if it's buried eight foot deep, ain't no telling how long it been there. Yeah. I it, mean, it was three hundred tons to start with. The main one was three hundred tons. Yeah. Wow. Look, you side trying to do that math and look at him. No, no. They're about to be he's, smoke coming hey, he's out got there. Some Hold on, we're about to have, no, no, about to have I, gears I, I, grinding. I, I'm going back in time when we, we were in Mexico, New Mexico, looking up when I seen that giant planet on fire, okay, that actually broke up right above us and a little piece, a giant ball going on fire with a little bitty one behind it going I remember that story. No, no. I got chill bumps on it, just remembering it. We've seen 17 different, whatever you want to call them, falling stars, whatever, planet. But mm-hmm. the one thing about one, the one, this thing was humongous and solid. It looked like the sun, except it was night. That's what it looked like. It looked like the sun, and it was going So was up. that a planet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Giant planet. It was on fire. You know, and Phil, Phil looked up and he said, boy, that's a giant planet. And he said, I wonder where it's going to hit. <laughs> was it coming down or was it going? No, no, it's just going across the sky, just above us. We've seen 17 different ones in a 45-minute period throwing out decoys on, on the uh, yeah. Rio Grande. Yeah, well, a lot, a lot of meteorites come. Well, they're not meteorites unless they hit the ground. They're meteoroids when they're yeah, in the air. Meteoroids, uh-oh. So, but a lot of them don't enter, don't never hit the earth. They just skim through the atmosphere high up and just keep on going because they got so much mass and so much velocity. So you could have seen that's that's. No, this was amazing to watch. It should have that's been all burning. I know. It should have been the nose part of it. Should have been like on fire and like licking down the side. Well, no, no. This whole thing, I'm telling you, all it looked like was the sun going across the night sky. 
And I mean, it was gigantic. And then right when it got above us, a little piece broke off yeah. the back of it. And now you're looking at a giant yeah, one. Trailer. And a, your comparable, yeah. say, say a big, huge beach ball with a, a softball behind it. Yeah, well, they break up. They, they shatter into yeah. pieces from the pressure of the ablation and the burning process. They'll break apart and they'll... Well, I had, a, I had a discussion with a, one of the top gun candidates that went through. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and he was telling me, he goes on a, uh, 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 I can't think of the name of it, but anyway, he was out in a plane flying it, doing some uh, maneuvers. Maneuvers, okay, in the Utah desert, okay? Yeah. And they had told him, do not go over 800 miles per hour. <laughs> well, he went a little faster than that, and he come back, and when he's landing, the guy's doing the sticks with him, getting them landing on. And the guy doing the sticks is going. Then the guy gets out of the plane and says, yeah, I know I'm in trouble. You know, he went so fast that he burnt the paint off of the plane he's driving. In other words, they're going to have to repaint this baby. Okay. He done, he done got so <laughs> The friction done burnt the paint off of it, you know. So that's what it was. That's what it reminded me of when we was talking about these meteorites burning up. No, no, because hey, because when the, when we started talking, the guy said, "I said, by the way, he said, oh, I said, what were you flying?" He said, "F-16." I said, "What speed is it going?" He said, "Mach 2." And I said, "Wait a minute, hold it." Uh, you know, translate that into into mileage for me, miles per hour. Because I said, "Mach 2, don't tell me nothing." Do you remember what? Twelve. Oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's one thousand. Uh, well, uh, 12, 1,200 miles an hour. Well, it's like 1,335 miles an hour. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, you probably real. For which close. one? Mach, Mach 2. Mach 2. Yeah. Maverick went Mach 10.4. <laughs> That's right. We, you saw, did you see the new Maverick movie? No, yet? I didn't uh, Well, we did watch Elvis. That was good. Yeah, we did awesome. watch Elvis, which, yeah, I enjoyed it. But, <laughs> but every time I watch it, uh, every time you bring up Elvis, I get mad. <laughs> Because his so-called manager and uh, his people that should have took care of him let him kill himself. You know, they run him to death. What's Mach 2? I think, I, I want to say 1335 is what 1534. Oh, that's what it is, 1535. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 1534.54. Yeah. And I said, that's wait a minute. still pretty close. I huh? said, wait a minute, 1535 miles an hour? And you met this guy. Yeah. Oh, at, I, at an event we went to. Oh no. I yeah, up in uh, uh Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Well, I was sitting on the couch and I talked to him about thirty minutes. Hmm. And when he wow. told me, yeah, I'm I'm driving this thing yet, I said, then your decisions, you can't say, oh, let me see. I said because the times you said, oh, let me see, you you're five hundred miles it's over. away. You missed it. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> Well, there's a bunch of different ones, yeah. That's one. One says 1522. It fast. Yeah, yeah. 1,500 miles an hour. Yeah, it's real fast. Yeah, fast. Less than a blink of an eye fast. That's what we talk about. You're talking nanoseconds. you got to make up your mind. What are you going to do? Yeah, okay. Gone. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad Murray wasn't driving. Flying. Oh, he, right. he'd have put oh, he it down. Oh, he could have done so. it. He could have done it. He he'd have sat her on down in the middle right. of the cotton. He'd have dead so. stuck it. Yeah. What are you oh, doing, Mark? Well, we got to do a dead stick with this right. one. Yeah. 
Murray said he'd get ten thousand feet shut her down. Just coast. Just and look, and then and then pull. Well, no, no, I'd be not. scared to death. No, no. I'm talking about I would this. too. I that's couldn't the reason, do it. That's the reason like, I couldn't do it. I could you know, cause hey, no, you gotta be able to think and think fast when you're doing stuff like that. Yeah. What are you trying to say? I can't think that fast. <laughs> I'm with you, Sai. I'm, I'm just telling the truth, okay? I couldn't handle it. No, I can't either. I okay. can't either. I, I'm I'm out on that. But let's take our last break. We'll be back, and we'll get in that inbox. All right, we're back. And, Murray, this is a part of our show. I don't know how much you've watched it, but this is where we get into our fan email. They email us at hello at duckcallroom.com, asking us questions. There's all kinds of things. And, and I read this one from – our fan Jeremy and I, I thought it was funny and I, I think it's worth well hit us your best shot. He said, I need y'all's help settling a debate a debate between my wife and I. When you put socks and shoes on, is it sock sock shoe shoe or, or sock shoe sock shoe? I can't I say that. it's all socks then shoes. She doesn't. I think I might have to move out. What's everyone's <laughs> way of doing it? <laughs> So, Sai, you wake up in the morning, put your shoes on. Do you put both your socks on and then your shoes, or do you put a sock on and then a shoe on? Are they already on? I think I know. I do it both ways. I do. Sometimes I just put a sock on, slip the boot on, put another sock on, slip the other boot on. And then sometimes I just say, okay, let me put on my socks. And then I get up and go do something, give me some tea or something. And then I talk about, all right. So now. you're being Switzerland. Huh? You're, you're not making a choice. Murray? Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm a sock, sock. Shoe, shoe shoe guy, Philip. Yeah, right. I skip the socks and just put on shoe shoe. <laughs> I'd ask Goblin, but he go barefoot everywhere he go. I, I I too am put both socks on, then put my shoes on. That's why I do it most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time it's sock sock shoe shoe. So Jeremy from Southeast Missouri, tell your wife she's wrong. Yeah, but hey, don't move out on her. Just don't, over don't some move sock. out on her. I mean, I'm just thinking if you're. Well, but if you're a female, you ain't putting socks on before you put, like, heels or nothing on because you ain't wearing no socks. You're just sliding on in there. But I would feel unlevel. or so. I, I mean, how's she yeah. putting her stuff on, standing up and putting – I don't understand how you – because I sit on the end of the bed, do mine. I'm lazy. <laughs> hey. I ain't trying to do no balancing act. I sit down there on the on the end of the bed and put my stuff on. Yeah, you have to get hurt. You don't stand up and put a sock on. I mean, that's like, how do you put your britches on? You just jump in them, or you go one leg at a one time? Leg at one a leg time. at a time. That's what I'm talking about. Unless you unless you do like in the military, they starts, then they stand up on them, and you could just jump in them. <laughs> I ain't ever uh, been able to jump that high. Hey, well, hey, <laughs> if, you can, if you get on a bed post, you can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey. oh, my goodness. Hey, look, you got to have a uniform, baby. Man, alive. It's that rough is... on the hair on your legs, though. It'll rub it all off. If you're obsessive-compulsive, then you have to do – it's got to be equal on both sides. You know what I mean? If you burn your hand on the left one, you got to burn your right one. You know, if you put on your left sock, you got to put on your right sock. You can't help it. It just feels like if you put a shoe on before you put your other sock on, you're going to be so unlevel, you're going to tip that way. I don't, right. I don't know how you do it. it yeah, don't you're going to no fall s- down. And if I'm wearing flip-flops, I just step into them. Well, what what happens if an emergency happens and you got one shoe and one sock on and and you got You'll no never shoe, make it. And somebody's banging on You'll the door. You'll never make it. Uh-uh. Yeah. You run into the wall. You're going You'll to the left. <laughs> You're teeter-totter. Bam. What happened? I only got one shoe on and one sock. <laughs> so I said you will never make it. All right. Well, there you go. We're, we're, we're sock, sock, shoe, shoe That's people. it, boys. So there you go. All right. We have another one from our fan, Mac. 
Hey guys, Mac from Indianapolis here. Going on my first duck hunt this winter down in Louisiana in celebration of getting out of the army with my dad and grandpa who go every year. I need some advice for my first time. Love the show and thanks Cy and Stone for their service. Well, Mac, thank you for your service if you're getting out this year, my man. Thanks, Mac. um, That's awesome. And if you're in North Louisiana, swing by the office. If somebody's here, we'll stop, shake your hand. Appreciate that. Um, but first duck hunt, he's traveling. I was, I'm glad you said you're traveling because if your first duck hunt was going to be in Indianapolis, I was going to tell you to go somewhere else. So <laughs> that was going to be my first piece yeah, of advice. Yeah, I was thinking but, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Louisiana may not be all it's cracked up to be either. But uh, first duck hunt, Cy, what, what's he, what's he need to well, do? Well, I'll give him this advice. Make sure you got about three boxes of shells. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like Johnny Winks. I like to shoot a bunch of powder, burn a bunch of powder. Well, you can't kill but six. Well, I know, but I still like to burn powder. <laughs> if I don't, 75 shots at it. Yeah. You know, hey. Well, Murray, you got any advice for a first-time duck hunter? Well, You've been I, doing it a long time. Yeah, I would, I would find an outfitter, you know, down on the coast. Or there's some good ones up here. It depends on mm-hmm. the time of the year a lot. You know, where the ducks are early and late. It depends on that a lot to me. But I'd probably say go to the marsh down in South Louisiana and get a reputable guide down there and you'll kill some ducks. Yeah, that's kind of my deal too. If it, it doesn't say whether they're going with a with a guy or if they're freelancing or whatever. But if it is your first one, I highly recommend using an outfitter. You'll have a much much more positive experience, Mac, because yep. uh, they take a lot of the guesswork out of it for you, man. They put you in a good spot. Good. They got the decoys. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on equipment. Like the price of the outfitter is still cheaper than you going and to get outfitted go, yeah. to go duck hunting for the first time. Yeah. And you know, so duck so. hunting is expensive. Yeah, but um, most of all, enjoy it, man. Take you some hearing protection. Take you some shells. Take you a good gun and just go enjoy it. Hopefully, whoever you're with has got a good dog. They always make a good hunt. So, mm-hmm. and I would also add, don't shoot until somebody says cut them. Yeah. Why would you who, say that, Phil? Who's ever in charge? Uh, all I'm going to say is, well, I got blacklisted one time and banned for life. <laughs> and I said, Sai, we're best friends. Can't you get me back into the field's line? He was like, Ha! No, you're on your own, son. Oh my goodness you're gracious! Out. There you go. That's. Let's see. What but that's else? the best part. Martin gave you the best best advice. When you're out there, enjoy God's creation. Have fun. Enjoy have it. Have a Take it for what it is. Listen to those around you. And, uh, man, you're going to – I hope you have a great time. And I hope you pick up duck hunting for the rest of your life because it is a lot of fun. I've made some good friends. Some of my best friends have been made on duck hunts. And uh, it's always just a good time. But we got time for one more. Let me, oh, man, I don't know that I want to get into that one today. Oh, that sounds um, like an interesting one to me. Let's get into it. Is this about house remodeling? No, 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 but it might as well be. So Headache. Um, no, this, our, our, our fan, Al, is, um, he's just got out of the Marine Corps, and he's just wanting some advice on um, transitioning out of the military into civilian life, Si. First thing first, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Okay, and then hey, next thing is, it's it's a uh, going from being in the military because it's got its own little family. Okay, the whole military, all of them are are a family unit. Okay, so it's a it's a big adjustment. Okay, because you're going 
you're going to miss all the guys and gals that you serve with, number one, first and foremost. And he's married with a four-year-old son, so I'm sure a lot of that he's missed. So it's yeah. it's probably a, a um, you know, a, a culture shock almost, going from full military time to oh, yeah. coming home with a wife and a kid there all the time. So Well, you you're, you're transitioned in. <clears throat> But it's not a superb transition out. When when you're in, you're responsible for a lot of things. You're trusted with a lot of things, and people are checking on you and counting on you. And when you're out, it's just not a smooth transition out where you're where you're used to coming back. And so you know it's it's a hard, I guess it's a hard um, atmosphere or, or climate to move back into. I guess they because they train you to go inside, but it's not necessarily. Well, no, no. I would say out. this: when you get out. Okay, find you some some people that have been in the military yeah. in your area, in your community. If not, then find you a church that you can, you know, and get connected there. Okay, because from going from one thing, like you said, you know, you're, you're important, okay, and then when you get out, it, well, it's just, you know, it seems like, you know, you've been uh, disregarded. You know, or discarded, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Okay. So you've, you've got to adapt on that. And I would say, like I said, find some buddy, army buddies in the community. Get with them because then you've got something that, you know, that all of you can talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. To help you out. That's good. Philip, you requested the Bible verse for the, yeah. for the ending. You want to send I, us on out of here? I do want to. This is from Philippians 4. And, you know, I don't know how everything happens, but it is nice that you can cast your anxieties on, on our Father in heaven, and Jesus is mediating for us, and we're guaranteed the resurrection with the Spirit that lives in us. So I can't explain how everything works, but but I do know this. Rejoice in the Lord, and you can put your name in, in this verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, and this is what I want these guys to know, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a good one. Amen to that. Peace of mind is a very rare, rare commodity in in this world we live in today. Yeah, and no matter the struggles you are going through, you most of the time you still have much more to be thankful yep. for. And I, I love that it says that, that it hits on there. Approach yep. it with a spirit of thankfulness right. and gratitude. Yep, um, right. Not only for everything you've been given, but that we have a Savior that wants us to talk to him. That's, that's exactly something to be right. thankful for right there, yeah, that's like, right. that we have a direct line. So. And, you know, and like Sai said, we do surround ourselves with people that are like-minded. That's why we can come together and we can help each other. And it's like a family. And I've heard Murray say it. And when Murray, I watched a video on Murray on YouTube or something, and and he told his wife, Sheila, and they've been married 51 years, and we're so proud of them. Congratulations. Take those yep. flowers with you, like Sai said, yep. from Flower yep. General. Yep. But, um, but he said, Sheila... Are you okay with being number two? Because Jesus is always going to be number one. And she grabbed his hand and she said, of course I am, you know. so As long as you are. I like that. <laughs> you as left long out. as you are. What would I leave out? You left out one important thing. What? She said, as long as Jesus is number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, Murray, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank Look, you, guys, y'all stick around. We're going to give you some more clips from Murray and Sai's new show. Y'all go check it out. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all next time right here in the Duck Call Room. We're out. All right. We go. Uh, y'all gonna have to help me out today. I think my battery's dead. Yeah. I couldn't get my motor cranked this morning. Really? I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want to get out of bed. You know what was wrong? <laughs> Ain't got no gas in it. What's wrong? Ain't got no gas. That's why I'm very Well, you're getting yeah. old, Ty. What? I'm getting old. Uh, no. I have a daughter in college, and I got another one fist and go. Yeah, where are they going to college? In Abilene. Abilene. I have one there, going to college. Merritt has decided to go to Abilene. Oh, they're going together. Yeah. That's a good sign that you did something right if two sisters that are real close in age want to be together. Now you got to go out and let them spread their wings and fly. No, Just, actually, we're doing the exact opposite. I got a house there. <laughs> uh, on the urging of my wife. Sounds like there's a little trouble just saying... Go. She's uh, not a hover mom. She's a smother mom. <laughs> but we're going there. So Jessica's going, and I think your wife is going. To my, like, wi my wife's going? Your wife's going to help fix up our place in Abilene. Just get all the stuff ready for the girls. Missy helped Cole, like, prep oh, and oh, stuff. Oh, and do yeah. a lot of college. Get ready for college. Oh, like, we had a huge argument about this. Because I'm like... <laughs> You kick them out of the nest. And like, you don't go with no. them. That's not what girls do. They they go feather the nest for their children. I think she used that exact <laughs> phrase. Actually, it's a good place, I think, to possibly treasure hunt. The last time I was there, I looked up, like, what's old in Abilene? Like, 10 miles outside of town is a place called Camp Barkley. It's this old World War II training site just right outside of Abilene. What they was doing there was running troops through training and then you know putting them on boats and shipping them over to Europe. So look, I talked to the owners oh. and they said there could be like crates of like M1 grands, like those old rifles from the 40s just in the ground. Ooh. Like or to, tanks. Yeah. I'd like to have wow. one of them. <laughs> Who owns the land? The Portmans. Very nice family. They own the entire training ground. No. They have like a thousand acres. And they don't care if we we hunt. No, they're awesome. What do they use the property for now? They do a lot of disaster relief stuff. They have like corporate and church events out there. I got an idea. When Missy tells me that she's going, I'll just volunteer to go with her. And I'll say, I mean, this is a tough transition for these kids and they need all the help they can get to make that transition smooth. <laughs> I can't wait to see that facial expression. <gasps> okay. Do you have a honeymoon suite at your house that I could borrow? No. You can stay, but no honeymooning allowed. What are you talking about? I'll close the door. No. It don't work like that. Yeah, that's how. That's what married people do. Yep. Not at my house. Yep. We close Only the doors. Me. This turned into a family road trip. The girls are going to love it.